This is Writing Excuses, Season 2, Episode 18, World Building Government. Fifteen minutes long, because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. And I'm Howard. <laughs> and a little horse. <laughs> Excuse me. We are going to talk about uh, government. Now, we're going to separate out writing politics and political intrigue. Um, we'll talk about that in another podcast. I want to talk about specifically world building when it comes to government. Um, let's open it up. Uh, what types of government do we see a lot used in fantasy and science fiction? Pretty easy. Fantasy, monarchy. Yeah, you, you yeah. got the monarchy. Monarchy. Let's talk about the monarchy. Um, is it overused? Um, it's it's only overused if what you're doing is predictable. Mm-hmm. Okay. It might be oversimplified in a lot of cases. Okay. I don't know if it's overused. I would agree that I think it's oversimplified, um, but there each book now. I've said this before. Each time you write a novel, you can't focus on everything. Sometimes right. you got to focus on religion in your book. That's what's important. It's a conflict of your characters. Um, sometimes you work on the government. Um, I would say that I don't think that the monarchy is overused because one of the reasons people read fantasy is for that kind of harkening back to a simpler day yeah. when a single individual can rule a kingdom. It's, it's escapism, and it is, uh, it is wish fulfillment. And okay. in yeah. many, many stories, fantasy stories and science fiction stories alike, where there is a monarchy featured... Um, the characters find themselves important to the king, yeah. or find themselves princes, or yeah. becoming or the king, the king. Mm-hmm. You can or have against a the king. Identify- it's, it's harder to sit in a culture with a with a say, you know, like we've got a democracy to vilify one person. Doesn't it does happen quite a bit? But it, what I'm in, in this, you can have a monarchy, this evil king, or this good king. These sorts of things. It can right. It mm-hmm. can boil your plot down, make it a little bit easier. Well, and even in a even if you've world-built a democracy yeah. or a republic, um, in order to vilify the government, you have to give it a face. Yeah. And that means picking somebody, Caesar. yeah, yeah the, mm-hmm. the Caesar yeah. or whatever. Okay. Now, I, I think uh, as, as common as the monarchy is, it is becoming much more common, I think, right now. The trend is toward a more complex kind of monarchy. It is yeah. not a sole ruler ruling absolutely. Right. There's a lot of parliaments, there's a lot of councils, and I think that's just a reflection maybe or maybe just an advancement of, of how we think about politics I think it's in also, our culture. I think it's also a recognition on the part of the authors that government is, government is interesting yeah. and is useful. I mean, in building your setting, you want to mm-hmm. have the characters interact with the setting. And if the government is boring and there's no way to interact with it, well... Yeah. yeah. Why? If the government is one guy... You can't have the same kind of conflicts as a government well, of you ten guys. You can't get it also as deep into it. When there's the government is one guy, number one, that's not usually realistic. Mm-hmm. And where it is realistic, you generally have the ruthless dictator who gets vilified into the yeah. one-sided ruthless dictator. Yeah, the government is not one guy. The yeah. government is one demigod. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. then also I think that ceases to be really a government system. It's just yeah. a personal conflict. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So. Science fiction. What do we see in science fiction? Um, quite often in the governments, we see we see monarchies. Yes. We also we see, see a, a, federations. Uh, yeah. We see a look back to the monarchy a lot of times, which is very interesting. Yep. Um, it's particularly true in kind of the the softer side of military SF or the harder side of space opera. That yeah. little in between realm with the where the Louis Louis Bujold's are writing and things like that. Yeah, Louis McMaster Bujold, uh, David Weber. Yeah. Um, John Ringo, uh, they, you see monarchies right. appear there. Um, you also see, I, I, mentioned, I mentioned federations. Um, 
federations, confederacies, you know, loosely tied states is a popular government okay. setting yeah. because uh, when you are world building science fiction, one of the first decisions you have to make is, is there faster than light travel and is there faster than light communication? Yeah. And if there are delays in one or the other, the sort of governments that we see now on planet Earth just aren't possible mm -hmm. because of delays. Let's stop being descriptive then about what's happening and let's start saying, okay, how do you do this right? Whether you're writing science fiction fantasy and when you're sitting down and said, I'm gonna world build my government, I want polit um, government to be an important part of my book, how do you do it right? Dan. Um, well, I think first you need to look at what, why do you want politics to be an important part of your okay. book? What elements of your plot are related to the politics and how can you tie that into the setting? Okay. If it's a near future thing, if you're going for cyberpunk, you know, one of my favorites is the privatized government. And mm -hmm. does yep. that work? Does it work for your story? Can you make it work? What ideas can you pull out of that and uh, okay. build conflicts on them? So point number one, tie it in. Yes. Make, it, make sure it's tied in. And let, let me also separate out, I once went up to um, pitch one of my books and I said, it's really, it's a political book. Um, and the person stopped me and said, political intrigue, political intrigue. Those are two separate things. When you come in and say political intrigue, that's probably what you're meaning, right? And I said, yes, that's what I mean. It's about, there's mm -hmm, a lot of yeah. political intrigue. So, yeah, when we say if you want politics to be important to your book, what we're meaning is political intrigue, um, machinations between different factions in the government, this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. How do you do it right, Howard? You've done a whole plot line based on this. Wow, I have. And... When world-building governments, uh, my founding, my guiding principle is I am writing satire. Okay. And so I'm allowed to take governments, which I see in effect today, and exaggerate their negative attributes and minimize their positive attributes and make it funny. mock them. Yeah. Yeah, and, and make it funny. If you're not writing satire... Um, you may still be writing something that is thematically making a statement about government. And so one of your starting points may be, what is my, what is my political position? What do I want readers to get out of this? Am I really trying, because some authors are, am I really trying yeah. to bring people around to my way of thinking? Well, see, but that, that gets into stuff that I often say, stay away from doing. Um, and now, I agree, yeah. and I agree, but if you are thinking right. that way, please know that you are thinking that way right. from the outset yeah. so that when you take this to be critiqued right. uh, and people call you on it, uh, you know you've done it. Right. Heinlein did it. Yeah. Heinlein did it well, and it's interesting to read. Um, so it's, it's kind of hard to po point fingers and say, don't do what Heinlein did. Um, <laughs> unless so, you're as good as Heinlein. Unless, if you're as good as Heinlein, but you know what? Well, you've said don't do what Tolkien did. <laughs> oh, burn. Oh, man. Um, now, one thing that we come back to every podcast, it seems, is conflict. Mm -hmm. And so look for the points of conflict in your government. And I think a fabulous yes. example of this is the new Battlestar Galactica, okay. which takes the conflict between a military and a civilian government and has them constantly at odds with each other. And that feeds the plots. It drives the show. And, yeah. I think Howard also said something really useful, even though he didn't think that it would be useful to a lot of writers, which is the exaggerate. I think you can exaggerate oh, yeah. without trying to poke Without fun, satirizing. And without mm -hmm. satirizing, and yeah. it can be interesting. It's one of the reasons we write science fiction and fantasy. Case in point, um, Elantris. The starting point for the government in Elantris was, what if someone set up an MLM where 
you got different ranks in the monarchy based on how much you earned. Um, this was the basic idea. I, I took it some di a slightly different direction than that. I simplified it a little bit, but that's really where it was. The king is running an MLM, and everyone gets ranked in the, um, in the monarchy based on this stuff. That's, mm -hmm. I thought that was really interesting. That's probably um, why they're selling cosmetics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, let me invite you to my party where you can, yeah, anyway. Um, you can exaggerate. You can take themes like this and concepts. Um, I guess what, where I'm trying to take this now is by saying, you know, just because everyone does the monarchy doesn't mean you have to do the monarchy. Um, or you can t take it in a different direction. One of the great things about science fiction fantasy is you can say, hey, I'm going to have a government run by blank. Okay, who runs the government? Um, Colon it... cleansers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you mentioned MLM, and I was thinking of all those horrible colon cleansing ads. And I was thinking more like, you know, schizophrenics um, or something like or that. I mean, things... religions or... Yeah, theocracy's yeah. done quite a bit. Um, gerontocracy's done quite a bit. Um, and they can be really fascinating. You know, another thing to consider is... Uh, where, where does political power come from? Yeah. Uh, here on planet Earth and the real world, political power, uh, it's been said it flows from the barrel of the gun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but political power is something that is based in, uh, it ultimately comes down to how much power and wealth you have amassed. Right. And, and it scales, it scales very arithmetically. It does not scale as a as a yeah. logarithm I, yeah. but in a world where there's magic yeah. or in a world where there's you know uh sci-fi devices and a huge discrepancy in tech you might have a power curve that's just off the map and you could have as we mentioned earlier in the podcast you could have a single ruler who effectively right. rules everything and yeah. is a demigod because mm -hmm. of magic or high tech yeah um but something you said there i mean i do think it's true the person who controls the violence in society um, a friend of mine often says this. He who controls the violence controls the society. I take it a step further and say, he who can most properly use violence to control the food is really who's <laughs> going to control Larry Niven said that civilization is never more than three meals away from collapse. Yeah, if you can control the food. So who controls the food? Um, I guess what I'm saying is you can, you can do all sorts of things. Um, approach it from different directions. Try and come up with some new and interesting concepts um, besides colon cleansers. Um, who are running the government. Um, they are an MLM. I do believe we have our writing prompt, though. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, something else that Dan Look said Look what earlier. my careless lips have wrought. <laughs> I don't want to hear that in context of colon cleansers. <laughs> All right, quickly, okay, quickly, Brandon, on. say uh, something else. Save us. Um, okay. You're going to be setting up the political intrigue for your book when you're setting up your government. Mm -hmm. This is this is what you're right. looking toward. You're setting saying, setting the groundwork for it. Um, do you need to spend a lot of time coming up with an interesting government to have this work? Yes or no? Well, I think this is the same principle as the magic podcast that we have done. Okay. The uh, reason for using a government in your plot is because the decision-making process that govern that rules that is important. And so you need to know enough about the government to make yeah. the flow of that decisions uh, sensible a, a to your reader. A rewording of Sanderson's first law would be appropriate, mm -hmm. yeah. and that is that you know the more the reader knows about the political rules, the political processes in your world, uh, the more able the you protagonist a, yeah. is 
to use it to solve problems. Exactly. Um, that's I, a great point. Oh. Thanks for making that, Brandon. Yeah. Well, thanks for making it for me, Howard. Uh, don't take it for granted. Yeah, I what brought I it say. up. <laughs> don't take for granted that your government. Oh wait, is, that was is, Dan's idea, wasn't it? I don't need your pity. <laughs> Just because you're writing fantasy, you don't have to have a monarchy. Just because you're writing science fiction doesn't mean you have to have the Galactic Federation. Um, have you guys read good governments in fantasy and science fiction that were different that you really enjoyed? Well, I already mentioned the privatized government, but uh, something like uh, Snow Crash. Okay. I loved the government in that. Snow Crash hey, is the awesome. The lack of government. Yeah. When the President of the United States introduces himself and who are you? Why are you here? I'm the President of the United States. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're all walking this way. <laughs> Anything else? Um, so where do you start? You are going to world build your government. You're sitting down. You've got a blank page. Where do you where do you leap off? Where do our readers start? I would start with uh, personal freedoms and then the okay. way they're afforded or not afforded because I that's think a good point. where if you got to figure out you know, what is my main character going to be able to do? What are they going to be restricted from doing? Yeah. And and once and if you decide well I've got a very restrictive society yeah. that suddenly starts lead you, leading you to think well maybe yeah. it's a um, Does the main character can they get as much food as they want? Um, how do, do they have to work? Um, what are the gender roles that force them to do this or that? Can they move? Can they move from city to city? That's a very big thing yep. to, to ask yourself. Can a common citizen have a weapon? If so, can they carry it around with them? These sorts of things will really define what type of government you have. Well, and if you are going to be using the actual machinations of government and lawmaking, I think you need to define how those decisions are made. Okay. And who makes them? Is right. it one person? It, are there several people who vote? Right. You know. Another fun way to approach it, and, and I've done this, is to try to come up with names for government offices that you know you've never seen before. Mm -hmm. So president is out, prime minister is out, king, yeah. emperor, whatever. Those are all out. Come up that with something. Come up with something new, and then when you've got that word, like, well, gosh, and maybe the word ties into biology. Um, I named a, uh, a sergeant in the Castrata, I think I, I named that, that title instead of being sergeant, was Fortooth mm -hmm. because it's a, you know, the frontmost tooth in the jaw. Well, you know, that sort of thing can lend itself right. well to creating a system of government from scratch. Take a couple steps. Is, yeah. I, I often say this, but say, I've got a monarchy, but let's take two steps away and say, how's it going to be different? Um, Mistborn. Um, I'm going to have a theocracy. One step away, how's it going to work? Well, I'm going to run my theocracy more like a bureaucracy where the priests um, are really the people who can, the only people who can make binding <laughs> a contracts. Feudal, a feudal bureaucracy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Run by a god emperor. And it just, it's one step away. And, you know, I mm -hmm. like what you said, but I did it. I named them obligators instead of priests. Just to mm -hmm. take it one step away and say, hey, let's, let's, that's oh yeah, obligator is a great name because it it describes their job. Yeah. We we sum up the obligations. Yeah, awesome. All right, um, you have your writing prompt. Unfortunately, you need to write a government <laughs> run by what did you say? Colon cleansers. I said that colon is cleansers. correct. Um, okay, um, this is well. Let's let's, cha let's change it for more creativity. Okay. Let's say start with the colon cleanser concept and then remove it two steps away. <laughs> Oh, there's poo everywhere. <laughs> I didn't do this. This wasn't my fault. This has been writing excuses. I'm sorry. 
If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.